Welcome to the Beyond Jiu-Jitsu podcast, episode number 93. Kieran Lefebvre, Adam Charles. <laughs> <laughs> like, I've got my radio voice. <laughs> no, we're a bit out of practice. And, uh, yeah. It might feel seamless to some people, but mm. I don't know. It feels like weeks since I've sat in this seat. Well, it's been two weeks. We haven't recorded in two oh, weeks. That is the weeks. plural of week. Yeah, <laughs> it's Correct. been weeks. Yeah. yeah, I mean, regular listeners would, would already know that we had no episodes last week mm. due to some you know, uh, COVID isolation, COVID isolation rules that mm. still have to be followed yeah. where we live. So we didn't get to re- record. We typically record in our fancy studio, mm. studio, studio, <laughs> but uh, we, we, we couldn't because Kieran was having to isolate and then, yeah, sure. We could have done it through zoom or whatever, but I don't know. We I think we pride ourselves a little bit on our audio. Yeah. Or the quality of our audio. It's I mean, <laughs> so we didn't want to do that. Mm. Hence, we had no episodes last week. We didn't record anything and we're doing, I think this is the first time we're actually recording an episode on the same day. Yeah, this goes out today. So So after this, poor Kieran has to do all the editing. (laughs) It's going to be a mad scramble, (laughs) but we'll get there. But uh, yeah, we're talking, this this topic is an interesting one. And when you you told me about it, I I hadn't really thought about speaking about it before. We're talking about aggression in jujitsu. Yeah, aggression being aggressive, mm. domestic violence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about being aggressive in jiu-jitsu, more, more from a competitive point of view, but even to some extent from, from a training point of view and uh, how important I, I personally think it is for you jiu-jitsu. And uh, yeah, so we're going to go down that little rabbit hole do you think that you're aggressive? Oh, yeah. I think I'm pretty aggressive. I've gotten a few complaints, yeah. Yeah. So the, the complaint box at the gym is full. Kieran <laughs> is too aggressive. Yeah, I think I can be pretty aggressive, and I think it comes from competition. Are you being serious about those complaints? <laughs> so hang on a minute. Kieran's like, I haven't even seen that box. Where is it? Where's the complaint box? Uh, yeah. Because <laughs> I got some of my own. No, not really. Uh, yeah, I think I'm pretty aggressive um, in d- – depends on the day. But, yeah, mo- in general, we're talking a blanket statement. Yeah, I think my jiu-jitsu is pretty aggressive. Yeah. And where do you think that came from? Com- 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 my competitive nature, I'd say. I mean, I was going to take the credit. But I would also it. say, like, all throughout my jiu-jitsu from day one, obviously, because you taught me jiu-jitsu from day one, you've made it very, very clear – to be not only to be aggressive, but it's okay to be aggressive. You know, you've your whole philosophy around jujitsu is not like you've tried to instill in me like, no, fuck what the not what everyone says, but fuck the whole sentiment that it's the gentle art, fuck the the everyone that you know says, oh, don't use your strength and all that, and that that has been a very reoccurring theme. So I think I've taken it for granted that it is part of jiu-jitsu, it's full combat, you know, contact sport. A part of it is being aggressive in an applied technique manner and that's something that you've just said from day one. So it's second nature to me now. Yeah, and like with a – let's just get the little sort of asterisks out of the way first – I'm not saying you have to be aggressive to train jiu-jitsu or to enjoy jiu-jitsu or every time you roll it needs to be aggressive slash intense or whatever. I know some people 
don't want that. And that's also what's cool about jujitsu that you can flow roll or whatever, or flow train for lack of a better word. But if we're talking about, you know, performing really well and especially competition, then you kind of have to be aggressive. And if you look at all the most successful jujitsu competitors in, you know, of all time of in the history of jujitsu, which is quite, I can't, what year was the first ever worlds? Um, not sure, but you know, we're only going back like three decades or something in terms of a sport. It's a very short amount of time. There are not many of the, the goats, so to speak, who were not aggressive. So let's say some of the biggest names like Andre Galval, super mm. aggressive. Um, you know, uh, Felipe, very uh, aggressive. You know, Felipe Panna. I mean, Gordon Ryan's aggressive, but mm. he would. He's also can come across super chilled and yeah, his game. Yeah, his system uh, can be. Yeah, Nicholas Marigali, aggressive. Even mm. you know, little guys, the the Meow Brothers, mm. Mikey Musumeshi, um, Isaac Dolidirian. Uh, let's go a bit further back. Uh, Shanji, super aggressive. Bernardo, Bernardo Faria, crazy aggressive. Um, you know, the, the the only sort of ones that come to my mind of people that... Maybe Keenan, uh, that's pretty chill. Ke- no, man, even Keenan's pretty aggressive. Like, it just seems chill because he slows it down with lapels. Yeah, that's a good point. But, you know, I think really the only, like, kind of... Who comes across as chill would be like Hodra Gracie or Marcelo Garcia. But Maybe Eddie Bravo. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't have a choice but to be chill. He's so baked. But even, you know, Marcelo has a – he's known as being really chill and relaxed. I've heard stories of actually him one time was, was competing – and he is actually like, you know how some people before the match, they're in the bullpen and they're like doing the whole like, oh, like slapping themselves yeah, and getting yeah, yeah. Uh, psyched uh, up uh, and uh, whatever. Uh, and he's just like having a nap and they're calling his name and someone had to wake him up. Be like, Marcelo, fuck you on. He's like, what? Fumbled onto the mat. But if you watch Marcelo Garcia highlights, he's so aggressive. Like what anyone who's like, no, man, he's chill. Watch his highlights. He's crazy aggressive, you know? So- when you're looking at it from performing in a competitive environment, you do have to be aggressive. I, I think the only way you get away with not being aggressive is if you are so far above and beyond, you know, the level of your opponent. You know, like, I mean, if it's a black belt against a white belt, man, do whatever the fuck you want. You know? right. But that's obviously not how it plays out. If you're going against someone similar skill level, Man, you kind of have you have to be aggressive because they're going to be aggressive. You got to you got to match that that aggression and that intensity, and otherwise you can the match can easily be lost there. And the story that I always like is when if if you don't know Bernardo Faria's matches well, if you didn't come up watching his matches, watch watch him fight. Watch some of his fights. He's very explosive, very intense very aggressive. And when he was like a blue belt or something like that, his training partners used to always say to him like, oh man, you use too much strength. You're too tense. You got to learn how to relax, blah, 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 blah. 
And he went to his coach. His um, Bernardo's first coach was a guy called Ricardo Marquez from Brazilian top team in Jiu-Jitsu Fora, the, the, <coughs> the city that Bernardo's from. And he went up to to his coach Ricardo, and he was like, "Oh, oh coach, man. I, he might have even only been a yellow belt or something at this time, because I believe Bernardo started at whatever age, like before the adult belts. You know, he started when they were uh, as a juvenile. And uh, he's like, "Oh, coach, everyone told me that I'm." you know, too aggressive and I use too much energy and I need to relax and blah, blah, blah. And his coach just goes, yeah, but uh, are you getting tired? Like, is that aggression and energy gassing you and, and, and you're running out of energy? And Bernardo's like, no. It's like, well then, well, then keep doing it. Like, why, <laughs> you know, why would you stop, right? Like, of course, if someone are is- Are you winning? Yeah. <laughs> if someone is gassing themselves in the first minute of a match, you know, either- their fitness is crazy dog shit or, or, you know, it's like, man, you're too tense. You need to learn to react. You're not being efficient, you know, but if someone, man, the thing with Bernardo is like, it's, if it's a 10 minute match roll or whatever at minute nine, as in the, you know, you've already been rolling for nine minutes at minute nine, he's going harder than he was at minute one. Like it just gets more intense, bro. Like it's so full on. And that's not to say that he starts chill, Mm. you know, like, uh, so I really, when you're looking at it from a competitive competition point of view, you have to be aggressive. And that brings me to, to talking about training because of the old, oh, well, you, you fight the way you train, mm. you know. And recently uh, was John Danaher was – have you heard of John Danaher? No, no. Who is he? He's the guy who is – no, he's – I mean, he's talking about Joe Rogan. No, 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 not that guy. Another ball guy. <laughs> John Danaher. He's, I mean, he's not massive. He's more well known for his fashion than his yeah, jujitsu right. creds. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> his joke is terrible. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, he was. I've read something recently, uh, and it was kind of a bit more, I guess, in detail of him essentially saying that that he puts heaps of, not pressure's the wrong word, but he really tries to instill into his students that um, that competition is just the same as training, you know, and it and really hammers home that whole, well, you fight the way you train and, you know, if you can kind of amalgamate those, those two things, you're then going to perform way better in competition, you're going to be less nervous and that sort of, sort of uh, uh, approach. So if you then think about it, you kind of need to train aggressive as well and don't don't confuse aggression with like anger and animosity that doesn't have to be the case right like you can you can be really aggressive when you roll with with that like doesn't mean you're being a dick we're not going full herbert santos right if, if you know who that is the guy who jumped into the crowd flying kicking women and shit like <laughs> dude's fucking crazy man you know but uh you know a perfect example is when me and joey roll mm, right very aggressive roles yeah yeah like if joey and i are having a proper role you know which i mean happens a, a lot but now that i'm thinking about it joey and i are also such good friends we you know quite easily you know, sometimes we roll and just get halfway through a roll and just give up, just give up and yeah. hug, you know, <laughs> I don't know, we'll make a joke or something. But like when Joey and I roll hard, 
man, like it's super aggressive, but there's no animosity, right? There's no, the second the buzzer ends, like that's it, it's over. So aggressive doesn't, doesn't mean angry or that you're trying to hurt your opponent. Mm. I guess maybe intensity could even be a, a better way, a better word, right? Um, so I wouldn't, I've been talking for a long time. People are sick of my voice. So before <laughs> I go into the next thing I want to say, which is some ways you can change your training, some I want to talk about some things that you as just the individual can do, but also I know majority of our listeners aren't necessarily other gym owners or coaches looking for, you know, how do I run structure or class? But I'll also talk about, you know, some of my favorite drills mm. that I do for competition specific training to try to emulate this. These are drills that I've either come up with or we used to do back uh, at uh, Alliance in Sao Paulo with Fabio and all those guys. So I want to talk a little bit about that. But before that, what do you think is – you know, if it, let's say a lower belt came to you, right? <laughs> a lower belt, <laughs> a white belt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But you know, that's yeah. It's funny, not to get off topic, but that's also a, you know, why I tr try to be <laughs> semi not stingy with my belts. But you know, if I'm giving out a blue belt, which by default is the easiest belt to get, right? I guess why belt technically you just got to walk in the door. <laughs> but I mean, you know, it's the easiest belt to grade to. Yeah. It still is, you know, I like I remember when I was a white belt and I looked up to blue belts who when I rolled with them, like I could like I couldn't do anything. And I remember thinking like how it's how am I supposed to like it's not even possible. How am I ever supposed to beat that and get that good? Like, you know, and obviously it's possible, you know, but so even as a blue belt, you are by default, some level of an authority figure that people will, as time goes on, ask you questions. So if a white belt came up to you or even another blue belt, if anyone came up to you, maybe it's even a purple belt and they've just rolled with you or they've seen you compete and they know that you're aggressive and intense and they said, man, like, how do you do that? How do you switch that? Like, got any advice for me to be more sort of intense, aggressive with my jujitsu? What would you say to them? I've tried a few different things. But one that I've been working on lately. S smelling salts. The <laughs> <laughs> ah, shit. What is that shit that weightlifters like powerlifters? Yeah, yeah. Sniff? Smelling salts. Yeah, smelling salts. Yeah, that yeah. can't be good for you, right? I don't know. Is that is that considered a banned substance? <laughs> no, no, I don't think so. So, like in the Olympics, can weightlifters? Yeah, I think sniff they do. I think they do. Really? I think so. I'm not sure. I'll have to. We'll have to look into that, I suppose. But I know it's in powerlifting. It's completely fine. Yeah, because you see fine. it all the time in yeah. strongman <laughs> competitions yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and everything. Yeah. yeah. Have you smelled it before? No, I oh, fuck, no it burns, man. That's why they're like, whoa, because it burns. Like it fucking. Like your nostrils a, or your yeah, brain? Oh, bro, both. It really have you, hurts. You've smelled yeah, it before? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But have, you, have you used it to train or yeah. you just. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so I, what? It just gets you going like, like ah! Yeah. I used to train with a powerlifter who recently, like, Around the same time as I got into jujitsu, he started getting into um, wrestling, like Greco-Roman wrestling, and he's become very, very good. Uh, so people in the Sydney area might know him. His name's Amir, and he's a powerlifter. The dude shredded. So I used to train with him like a long time ago, years and years ago. And um, yeah, I would sniff his salts and fucking... <laughs> 
fucking get get amongst it. We fucking sniff your salt. I used to sniff his salt, mate. Just so I can give it all a sniff, sniff. Um, but yeah, the aggression thing, right? So when I'm competing, I try to get myself in a mindset of like making making myself believe it's real. Insofar as if if they choke me, I. I'm not going to wake up. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's like an actual combat. Like it's actual, it's actual combat. Death, I yeah. obviously still like operate within the, the rules, but I try to get myself in the mental like model of, or if I'm, if I'm in a bad position, for example, I need, I tell myself, no, I need to, I need to escape. I don't want to be here anymore. I need to escape. It's like, there's urgency. There's consequences. If I don't escape, like mm. fuck the clock, fuck the, you know, the fact that it's a, you know, simulated, environment just try and make it real and when i'm in a dominant position and i need to finish in my mind i'm just saying kill like fucking finish you know what i mean like kill kill like it's a bit extreme and it's a bit like well this guy's a fucking sociopath like he's a psychopath man like but you just try and get yourself into that mindset of like it there are consequences it is real and you don't need to be scared or whatever but it, it helps i don't know and just in your mind like fucking kill like dominate like you have to you have to win win at all costs within the rules if everything's within the rules again that little asterisk i want to be very clear i don't you know How? yeah i'm not biting people <laughs> i'm not doing a mike tyson i'm not fucking dropping elbows uh however yesterday i dropped three elbows three different people fucking smashed them with an elbow in the Did temple you? three like same fucking thing God damn. three different people sorry sorry to those people God damn. Uh, <laughs> do you think that came from um the military do they no not really they, they don't well yeah look we Maybe it does. Maybe it does. Like the whole, you know how you were saying like you need to, you need to train the way you fight. Yeah. That's a very, very common thing. Like that's a, a very common saying in the, the Navy. Um, and it's actually like a, a motto in, in certain bases and certain ships have that motto. Um, and the, the US Navy is very, very big on it. And they have a phrase in the US Navy called fight tonight. So basically it's very similar, but it basically means that you need to operate as though you're going to war tonight. Yeah. So everything you do, all your gear preparation, the way you treat your training, the way you have your everything, everything that you do needs to be geared toward the fact that you are going to World War Three tonight. Mm. And it's the same in, in jiu-jitsu. You can operate the same. You need to train the way you're going to fight, like fight tonight. And it, it, it just summarized really, really well in, in that one sentence. I had a, a boss that was like really big on that and would always be like, fight tonight, fight tonight. So maybe, maybe. And you were like Fortnite? Fortnite? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know we were allowed to play that here. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. So, so but then maybe. how do you, uh, okay, like I get that for competition, but even so then. In the gym, you, I just want to fucking win. I just want to win. I just want to be the best. Like I just want to win. Yeah. You know what I mean? I just want to do, it doesn't matter that I'm, you know, it's just training. It's just a role. Obviously, I'm not going to let my arm break and, oh, anymore, <laughs> anymore, yeah. anymore. Um, I've gotten better at that. There's certain con- things I concede. Like, you know, there's, there's levels to it. You got to be have common sense. Everything I'm saying, you got to have common sense. And that's the last caveat I'll give. But when you're training, like you just have to want to fucking win. Even if someone's a higher belt than you, even when I'm rolling with you, I want to win. When I'm, but that's even something that I, not through any fault of your own, but that was something I had to say to you that, we said in a previous podcast, not Mm. that you didn't ever, like you've always had a semi-ish, you know, press forward Mm. style, whether you, yeah, let's start with that, calling it like you, you always like to to push forward, Mm. right? Which I guess is almost like the, the root of what I guess I'm trying to say by being aggressive, you know, always being on the offensive. But then, you know, I remember 
I had to say to you, like, man, when you roll with me, like, roll properly, you know, you don't have to. And then it was like the, that later that day, you came hard, bro. And, and now, whenever we roll, like I said, you roll with me, you don't look at me and go, oh, he's a black belt. So that sort of like unspoken bit of respect, like, oh. Like, I need to get that tap. I'm fucking yeah. still hunting that first tap, boy. I reckon once I get one, I fucking the confidence will be there. You know. I wonder if when you get, oh, you mean as in like the you'll get that? Yeah. yeah, yeah, bro. It's it's kind of like. Have you ever seen that? That I wonder really, if you'll get that first one, and then I'll be like, yeah, good job. But then I'll be like, oh, let's go, bro. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> let's go. Maybe, maybe or maybe I'll just like. You just see me do the, the whole. Have you seen how jujitsu guys retire from competition? Like, like so the the worlds were just no. Like, I haven't. I haven't. The worlds were just a couple of weeks ago, right? Yeah. We had two big names retire: Shanji and, and I saw that Rado. on Instagram and IBJJF. Yeah. Yeah, and so the way they retire at the end of the the match is they they kind of just lay their belt on the mat and you know, kind of whatever they're saying to themselves. Like, so for example, like Shanji, ladies belt, like once the match was over, ladies belt on the mat and, and kind of put his head on the mat and he was crying and everything. Like Shanji's, I still believe I could be wrong, but I believe he's still currently the the greatest heavyweight of all time, I think. I might be wrong, but he's anyway, like as in like won the most world titles right. at heavyweight. Got you. Got you. Um, I could be wrong, but I think he's like five or something. And yeah, and then like, you know, so he's obviously saying whatever he's saying to himself mm. and then while the belt's on the mat, and then he ends up putting it back on to have the other dude's hand raised, right? But um, yeah, you get that first tap and then you see me lay my belt on the mat. <laughs> <laughs> and then someone raises my take hand. The, take the key to the gym off yeah. my key ring. Give it to you. <laughs> I've, never, I've never subbed the black belt. It's still something I haven't done yet. I remember- Like a legitimate sub. I remember, yeah. I've ne- When I was a blue belt, I was rolling once with, um, with Leon Nogueira, who's a ex- multiple world champion at like super heavy or whatever used to close out with Bernardo and it was specific training. So it doesn't count. Right. Mm. (laughs) But so I started on his back and I remember he, it it was all fun and games because I remember when he, we started and he intentionally let me get like a bit deeper on the collar or whatever mm-hmm. it was than he should have. And then, you know, and I've done this with my students before where did I'll, it with me once. Well, I'll kind of <laughs> let something happen. And then I realize that, oh, I let that go on. I let that too far. Yeah. And then I really start fighting. Yeah. And then I can't get out. And it was the same thing. And then I, I think I switched to a bow and arrow or something. And, uh, and yeah, so it wasn't a legitimate sub, but I remember like after he tapped, he was laughing. Everyone was laughing, but he was like, fuck, that's like the first time a blue belt's tapped me since I've been a black belt no and everything. Knew it wasn't real, but yeah. I was like, I'll still take it. Yeah, 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 100%. 100%. Uh, so yeah, okay, anyway, being aggressive, what can you do? Like, you know, how can you teach yourself to, to press forward, to be more aggressive. Well, firstly, like why it's super important as well, actually, before we go into some drills, why is it super important? What's very difficult to defend something and attack at the same time, right? So it's the classic saying of the best defense is a good offense, right? And it, and, and it really is true. But when you're talking about even just your training, how it can help you is let's say you do something very simple 
right? So let's, uh, in terms of to become more aggressive, you could just simply go, okay, I'm just going to nonstop attack submissions even when maybe it's not even there. I'm just going to fucking hail Mary submissions, everything, left, right, and center. In the beginning, it's probably going to have some negative effects on, on your jiu-jitsu. Yep. To be honest, any new skill you try to implement in your jiu-jitsu usually results in an immediate step back. But it's like one step back, two steps forward sort of thing. Mm. You know, if all of a sudden, like let's say something that you can do if you're drilling it, but in a role, if I said to you like, oh man, like let's work on bearing bolos or something. Oh God. Right? That's <laughs> like you can invert, you can do a yeah. bolo when we're drilling if it's the technique that's being taught that day. But like, are you going to bolo in a role? Probably not, right? So if all of a sudden you started to bolo, you're probably going to get passed, get your back taken, get submitted by people who in a regular role wouldn't, mm. right? So in other words, it's usually a new skill you try to implement is an immediate step backwards. So even something like if I said, man, I just want you to nonstop, like if more than 10 seconds has elapsed without you attempting a submission, like you're, you're failing, like just nonstop attack submissions, right? Fucking any, I don't care where, where you are, what it is, just go for it, Okay. In the beginning, it will be an immediate step back in your jiu-jitsu. Right? However, what will start happening is you're going to start learning how to recover from failed submissions, right? And then all of a sudden, you attacking an armbar that isn't there isn't going to be you getting your guard pass. It's then going to like as once the, the bullshit gets weeded out from – experience doing it. So what I mean by the bullshit is that immediate step back of it's attempting the armbar and then getting your guard pass. And all of a sudden, you know, it's like a, it's like a broth bro. I'm making a broth and I've like simmered away all the bullshit. Now I've just left with this reduction of goodness, right? And that goodness is now just your ability to offensively attack someone and leave them with a defensive option. And that's it. Got you. Do you know what I mean? I know. You mean. Right. And then, <clears throat> the worlds that just went past uh, like now is two weeks ago from the time we're recording. So man, like right at the start of the lightweight final was Mika Galvao and Ty Vitolo. And Mika just attacked this like, um, the platter was so sick. Like it was a really quick, aggressive attack. And okay, Ty got out, but it wasn't like that resulted in Mika just getting, getting his guard passed. Mm. Right. But that whole 30 seconds or whatever it was exchange is Ty not being able to put pressure to pass Mika's guard. It's him. Like the only thing Ty's doing is working on not getting submitted. Right? So, I mean, that is a simple way to become more aggressive in your jujitsu. Just say to yourself, okay, man, like any new skill, there's going to be a step backwards. Be humble. Don't think like, you know, you've got to be willing to get past or whatever and go, I'm just going to nonstop attack submissions. Like if it's a five minute roll, I'm at least attacking 10 submissions, for example, like one every 30 seconds. Honestly, man, try it tonight when you train. Let's say you, you know, obviously, I mean, if you're mount on the bottom, don't be that dude. Don't <laughs> <laughs> try wrist lock them, cross collar choke them from the bottom, right? But man, honestly, try it, okay? Oh, Let's say if you're yeah. rolling tonight and you're closed guard, for example, man, well, you got heaps, you got, Cross collar chokes, arm bars, triangles, um the platters, uh, 
you know, all the other variations of cross-collar chokes, lapel chokes, you know, there's even wrist locks there, there's kimuras, guillotines, like so many, right? Honestly, just be like, okay, just say to yourself, imagine it's only, you know, multiple 30-second rounds, there's no points and it's like, well, I, I've got to get a submission in 30 seconds or I lose the match. And I guarantee you, you'll instantly see how that transforms your jiu-jitsu to be more aggressive and how how much offensive capabilities are taken away from your, from your partner. I guarantee you, try that as a very simple way. Not that you need advice to be more aggressive. So no, I think angry. it's good. I think it's good. But honestly, that that's one way that anyone listening to this who's like, okay, but how do I be more aggressive? I'm not naturally an aggressive person. Person, I hear you. I am not aggressive in my jujitsu really at all. Like I'm, I'm definitely can easily be that sort of oh, chill and wait for them to do something sort of person. But if you're like me and you want to be more aggressive. Honestly, try that. Just say, okay, I'm going to do, I need to throw up a submission every 30 seconds. You know, look at the clock, whatever the timer is, or at least, okay, fuck, I don't know, at least one a minute. If it's a five minute round and you haven't attempted five submissions, but honestly, you'll see how quickly that makes your jiu-jitsu more aggressive. That doesn't mean, like I said at the start, I'm not talking about being angry. Mm. I'm talking about- Or violent or whatever. Violent, yeah, yeah, Yeah. or trying to hurt them. But honestly, for example, this will only make sense to you and any of our students who, who train at the gym. But So we got a couple of guys in the gym, but one in particular, Jonas, right? Think about when you're rolling with Jonas. Jonas is someone who's very good at uh, – his guard's very good and he's very good at arm bars and triangles. Mm-hmm. When you roll with Jonas, doesn't it feel like you're doing nothing but trying not to get arm barred and triangles? Constantly throwing it up. Like, like you're, you're not, it's not even like, oh, it's hard to pass Jonas. It's like, man, it is hard to not get armbarred and triangled. Mm -hmm. And it's, yeah, okay, he's good at them, but it's not, I'm not trying to take anything away from him. It's not like he's got these crazy intricate ways. Jonas is a blue belt, by the way. It's not like he's got these crazy next level ways to set them up and, oh, I didn't see that coming or whatever. It's like, he's just relentless, Mm. but- like, do you ever feel like Jonas is trying to hurt you or is it, no. or you wouldn't even associate it with him being aggressive. Mm. You're just like, man, he's just re- like, he's just constantly he's relentless throwing them up. And because he throws them up so often, he's very proficient at not getting passed from a failed armbar, mm. right? Mm-hmm. But that's a perfect example, right? When you roll with Jonas, you would describe his guard as very aggressive, wouldn't you? Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. And so if you you or anyone listening said, okay, how can I be more aggressive? Do that, honestly. Be like, let's narrow it down to a very simple position when you're playing guard or close guard. Just, I don't care, man, just throw up submissions. Yeah, there might be an immediate back step in your jiu-jitsu in the sense that you might, you know, get past in 10 seconds, but, you know, then do it again. And then obviously that's going to get whittled out. And then you'll be left with this reduction of a, Beautiful, aggressive guard. Oh, back right? to the broth? <laughs> yeah, back to the broth. Back back to the jus, yeah. right? Yeah, right? Uh, so that's one way you can become more aggressive. Right? And you can put that into any offensive position. Next time you mount on someone, right, just 
you know, I, I get asked this all the time. Oh, I'm on mount. What can I do when someone's just like got their arms crossed and- Mount the juggle. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, just anything, bro. Yeah. Like just, okay, well, I'm just going to start attacking Americana, switch mm. to an armbar, even mm. if it's, you know, not there in mm. little air quotes. And then all of a sudden you're going to find it is there or they turn and give you their back, back or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that, my fucking mount approach is to- just take the back. Wait till yeah. they do something. Take yeah. Them back. Yeah. It's horrible. But, but they're only going to do something if if you attack if, it. Yeah, if you yeah. make. Yep. If you give them, you need to put them in a position where exposing their back is the lesser evil for them, mm-hmm. right? Otherwise, they get Americana or they get subbed in another fashion. Insert submission here. Yeah, I, li- I like that. The relentless pursuit of submissions always. Yeah, and because that's a very. Uh, black and white way to implement it into your jujitsu, rather than you know, if you say something like you know, I I don't want you to to, you know, I just constantly want you to press forward, just pass the guard, pass the guard, pass the guard. Okay, but like that's not, you know, it's a little bit more dynamic than that, you know. But it's something like a submission has a very clear sort of end goal, you know, so. Not that passing the guard doesn't have the angle, but you know you can easily settle into someone's guard. Mm-hmm. But if I said to you, man, just nonstop attacking submissions, mm-hmm. it is it's very easy to sort of digest that information. And go, okay, I, that's something I can go and try to do. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, the other one I wanted to say is also just you need to. If we go back to talking about you fight the way that you that you train. A big mistake is not starting the role like straight away. And what I mean by that is people, you know, high five knuckles and then they kind of chill or whatever. And that, you know, as years go on, as time goes on, that's how then you go compete. Hold yourself accountable as well. Go, okay, in this first 10 seconds, like I, like I need to go for something. You know, none of this sort of like – dancing around, whether you're starting standing or on your knees, just man, make it like hold yourself accountable the same way that you often as a beginner literally need to remind yourself to breathe because it's a new skill that you're in. <laughs> breathing isn't, but like, well, no, I guess like breathing while you're training is a new skill you're having to implement. So can be attacking like something in 10 seconds. You know, maybe a boxer, imagine if a boxer's Boxing coach says to you, all right, within the first 10 seconds, I need you to throw a punch. Mm. I don't care what fucking punch, just throw one mm. within the first 10 seconds. Even if it's a little jab, like something, okay? Same sort of thing. Go, okay, high five knuckles within the first 10 seconds, I need to, like, I'm going to attack something. Whether it's a sub, a sweep, a pass, like uh, arm drag, whatever. Just one attack, straight away attack, right? And I think they're before talking about some specific drills you, you can do, there are two very simple things that you, regardless of how your coach is structuring the class or whatever, that you can do to become more aggressive. Mm. You know what I mean? Absolutely. But let's talk about my, by far my favorite, and by that I mean my most hated drill that breeds aggression, Right. And it is, oh, it's so hard. It's shit. It's so hard. I hate it. (laughs) But it's really, really good. All right. So I'm going to explain it, spell it out for people. 
if you design your own training or if you're an instructor or if you train with friends, right, I'm going to tell you how to structure this training and the idea behind it. Okay. So what you're going to do with your partner is you're doing 15 second rounds, which sounds easy, but it's fucking not. 15 second rounds. Okay. The rounds start standing and the idea is one person is pulling guard to establish their guard and the other person is not wanting to end up in an established guard and they're wanting to blitz and pass, okay? You could think about this one or two ways. The way it was always taught to me and the way we did it in Brazil was that we were simulating the start of the match, right? For some people, I'll explain that, but I find sometimes that takes more time to explain that to your students and get it into their head that that's what they're trying to do. Uh, you could also think about it that the person pulling guard is just trying to pull guard and save face. They're just trying to run out the clock, whereas the person on top needs to pass to win, right? You could also think about it as the last 15 seconds of the match. But we were always taught that it's the start of the match and it has lots of benefits, right? One benefit is that it puts the, the guard puller on the on the back foot, like you're setting the tone of the match, not necessarily the pace, but the tone. Because for the average person, when you go compete, you don't know who you're fighting. So it's not like you can prepare a game plan for this person. You have no idea what they're going to do, right? But so if you go in there and for the first 15 seconds, you are like a bull in a china shop just going ham, right? I guarantee there's there's really only kind of two outcomes. Either, I mean, either A, you're going to pass their guard, fucking awesome, or B, you might not pass their guard, but I guarantee you that dude's then sitting there going, holy fucking shit, like 10 seconds in and this guy's, man, I can't do this for another X amount of minutes. He doesn't know that you can't maintain that pace. Or maybe you can, but he doesn't know that, mm. right? So it's already going to, give you a leg up on the mental battle. Of course, there's a third option that it backfires, not backfires, but, you know, maybe you get unlucky and you get caught or they sweep you. Of course, that can happen. Mm. But, you know, the idea is you're either going to pass or you're, you're mentally getting a leg up on them. So how do you do this drilling training, all right? So 15-second rounds, you establish who's pulling guard, Standard rules, they need a grip to pull guard. So the person who's going to be passing, you're not trying to defend the guard pull. There's a little bit of working together. You essentially let them make their grip. So you're not dancing, ducking around. You let them make their grip and pull guard. At the same time, the person who's pulling guard, you don't mess around, you know, waiting. Like it's a 15 second round. Just make your grip and pull guard, right? and you're trying to establish your guard or sweep and submit them if you can. But the idea is, I mean, there's no real winner or loser, but the idea is if the person pulls guard and doesn't get past, they, they would have won. What makes this drill so punishing is it's a 15 second round and then you have a five second interval, which is just for you to stand back up and then the other person pulls guard, right? So you're alternating guard pulling. Okay, so you're essentially doing kind of like a jiu-jitsu equivalent of sprints. You're doing 15-second rounds, 
right? How many rounds? Well, that's up to you. We used to do, sometimes we used to do 20 at a time and then you'd change partners. So you would have essentially wow. 10, you'd pull guard 10 times and, 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 and pass 10 times. And it is one of the best drills to really breed that aggression and particularly the importance of, of being aggressive for 10, 15 seconds. And you've heard me say this to you going into competitions. I'll be like, man, the first 10, 15 seconds, I don't care. Just be a bully for the first 10, 15 seconds. There's, yeah. You can't overestimate the, the value of of like the psychological part of a, of a, of a jujitsu match or a lot of sports, right? If you can just bully them, even if it isn't, you know, cause obviously in the drill, it's under the, the, the drill set, a particular person is pulling guard. You go into the match, of course, he's not necessarily going to pull guard. He's not necessarily going to walk out, make a grip and pull guard. But I guarantee you, if the idea is if for 10, 15 seconds, you are just like, almost like it's a hundred meter sprint for the first 10, 15 seconds, I guarantee you, you are then winning the mental battle that they're going, fuck bro. Yeah. I've made heaps of people like I've started matches where I've, I've taken that approach and just bullied them, pull on their collar, like try and trip them, just be a bully, not necessarily go for something specific, but just bully them around the mat. And I've had people just pull guard after that first, like, 15, 20 seconds, yeah. you're like, nah, fuck this, pulling guard. Yeah. And I get what I want because I want to be on top. Yeah. So you can force them into doing something that maybe they were like on the fence about, maybe something, maybe they wanted to go for a takedown. Yeah, that's right. They pull and, guard. Yeah. And this, you know, the only way you're then really going to be able to go do this in a competition is if you do it in your training, mm-hmm. right? So whenever you, whenever you start your role, okay, give yourself – you know, this is another thing you can add. I spoke about relentlessly attacking submissions as a way to learn how to be more aggressive. I said, you know, give yourself, hold yourself accountable. Say for the, within the first 10 seconds, I need to attack something. We can also add to that saying, okay, for the first 10 seconds, you just need to be like, like it's a sprint and then settle into your role. Mm. Okay. There are three things that you can implement again, without your instructor needing to change anything. If you're just a white belt, blue belt, whatever belt listening, but you're just at the whimsy of however your coach is running the class, well, these are things you can do unless you're at a gym where you don't roll. (laughs) These are things you can do to become more aggressive. But yeah, that drill in particular is is one that I love but hate so much. It's really hard. It It sounds not difficult but it i promise you it's, yeah. it's very very difficult yeah and after 10 rounds you know you're fried yeah, yeah and we do it as a minimum 10 i think i usually we do 10 and then you 10 rounds partners. and then change partners yeah yeah and like you get to the point where you toward the end of the exercise you t- the drill and then you accidentally end up in close guard and you just fucking give up you're like fuck it <laughs> yeah and you know and I'll, I'll be honest as well this drill definitely helps a lot if the the coach is not like if the coach is is coaching and yeah. not training yeah because it definitely helps a lot to have eyes on you yelling at you yeah uh, i find yes because the amount of times that i'll be coaching this drill and i'll say i'll be like but don't go man you just went into his clothes guard yeah who could man passing clothes guard in 15 seconds is almost impossible yeah i referenced mika galvano and ty earlier in the last minute 
20, I think it was, of their match. Uh, I mean, Mika had more or less dominated the whole match, but that had only resulted in being up by two points, right? Because he, he had two points for a sweep. He had multiple advantages and he had taken the back but didn't get points for it, right? Uh, so there was... I need to go back and watch this. It's a good, it's a good match. Mm. So there was only essentially a minute left and Ty was in Mika's close guard. That's two points to zero, ignoring advantages. So if Ty had passed Mika's guard, he would have won the match, right? Uh, yeah, and he couldn't even get out of it. I say couldn't even get out of his close guard as if it's like easy, easy yeah. when you're against the guy who just became the youngest black belt world champion ever. Mm. But, you know, my point is, it's like, well, man, like if, if it can be difficult to do in a minute, you're not passing close guard in 15 seconds, mm. right? And it's also just, I've spoken a lot of, I say this to my students all the time as well, about how to approach passing. The other benefit that this drill has as well is trying to break that mistake, that habit that everyone has, which is that when they start a roll and they're the default person on top, because maybe they're starting on their knees and you have that casual high five knuckles, one dude sits on his butt and mm. we so commonly step into our partner's guard, more or less let them establish whatever freaking grips and, and everything they want and yep. then go. You know, uh, it's like, no, like, and I say to, I say to my students, you don't want to be in their guard. You want them in your pass, right? So don't, don't step into their guard. Let them establish their guard and then you start passing. No, you should be establishing your pass. They should be scrambling to, to feel like they can even have a guard. So this drill also helps with that. I still do this. I, like, like, everyone I catch does, myself doing everyone this all Everyone does the time. it, man. Like, everyone does it. And then all of a sudden you're in like a deep collar sleeve with the guy that plays collar sleeve. Yeah. And you're like, fuck, why? Yeah, why think, did I let them Think get about this? the times that you're in someone's guard, mm. that you've stepped in it, yep. they've established all this shit, and then you've spent 30 seconds breaking all these grips, blah, 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 to get to now you've got double pants grip and then you did your, your bullfighter pass. Yep. It's like, well, why didn't at the start when there were zero grips, why didn't you even try to step in, grab double pants and go? You didn't even try. You just mm. stepped in, let them do whatever. Yeah. So this drill also helps break that. It's a shit habit. It's a shit habit. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, everyone does it, especially if you're having just a more of a cruisy sort of role or yeah. training session. It's but then you get deep into something and then you're like, fuck, I can't get out. Yeah. No. <laughs> like Leon Nogueira in my bone arrow choke. Yeah. No, yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. So by far one of the best drills, definitely a horrible, horrible drill, mm. but I implore everyone to. It's going to help with that intensity, that aggression, that, you know. Yeah, man. And, and yeah, if you look just all the, the top level guys, they're super, super aggressive. You, you kind of have to be, man. Like, I, I feel like it just, if you want to perform in competition, it just comes with the nature of the sport. It'd be like, be like telling a, telling a, a, a runner that they don't need to be fast. It's <laughs> like, so, but you just got to be fucking fast. Mm. Like, there's no, you want to win, you got to be fast. Mm. Right, and it's like you got you kind of got to be aggressive, you know. And uh, you you mentioned at the at the start how I would always say to you that you don't have to feel bad about it. Okay, it's all within context. If you're training with a new person, or you're training with, you know, uh, someone who's forty kilos lighter than you, or whatever, it's yeah. all. Uh, I cast a wide net of common sense, mm. you know. Uh, so it's all it's all with common sense. But yeah, there's. 
it's a full contact combat sport. It just doesn't have striking in it. You know, like if someone, sometimes people will think about it like this, like let's say, uh, I don't know, like maybe, oh man, I had him in this rear naked choke and, you know, and he didn't tap. I say, well, did you squeeze as hard as you can? No, I had more. Well, man, that's your fault, bro. You should have squeezed harder. Like, did you, you know? crank the fuck out of no. his neck? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you <laughs> did you try and make sure he couldn't feel his toes anymore? Did you smother him? You know, like. but like, there's nothing wrong with you know use again with common sense. There's nothing wrong with using a hundred percent of your physical attributes. Mm. You know, and and whenever people complain, saying like, "Oh, that was too hard," or this or whatever. Okay, again, I'm talking if we're talking about training and competition is a, a little bit different than the way you would apply a submission in training to in competition or the way you might, you know, dump someone with a double leg in training opposed to competition, right? Yes, there are some slight differences, but just as a whole, you know, saying that something was, you know, too hard or whatever, or, you know, oh, that you're putting too much pressure or something. Be like, imagine saying to a boxer, oh man, you punched me too hard. Well, you're fucking lucky I didn't punch you harder, bro. Like, I mean, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like there's – think people need to be cool with it being a full contact combat sport that, man, if if it's well within the rules for me to put like shoulder my, pressure my on shoulder neck. on your face or on your yeah. neck or whatever. Again, in this um, Thai Mika fight, you could hear Thai's – coach i don't know who was coaching him and it wasn't galval i'm not sure who it was who was coaching him but you i sorry mika who was coaching mika sorry who, who was coaching ty oh, right. it wasn't it wasn't andre galval because right. he's from that atos i don't yeah. know who was coaching him but i literally heard at one point him say while ty was trying to pass he was like yeah make it uncomfortable for him yeah yeah that's it beautiful Ty. he was like yeah put your knuckles in his neck yeah make it uncomfortable you mm. like there's nothing wrong with that, mm -hmm. you know? And, and yeah, again, with context, it's got to be appropriate for who you're training with. But if you have that good relationship with, if it's competition, it doesn't matter, right? Because they've, you signed a waiver, they signed a waiver, it's go time. But yeah, if it's your training partner, you have to yeah, make sure it's with the right training partner. Mm. But I would hope, I feel anyone who has is yet to find that training partner that they can essentially have comp roles with and have no, uh, no animosity, no mm, hesitation, no, no aggression yep. in the, in the negative connotation mm -hmm. of the word. Mm -hmm. If anyone who doesn't have that training partner yet, man, I feel sorry for you because mm. you're missing out. It's, it's one of the best things you need a training partner that you have, that you can go hard with and it's nothing but love. Mm. And for me, that's, yeah, Joey at the moment, obviously you and I roll super hard with, you know, there's a bit yeah. more of a skill difference. Yeah, I was about to say, you know, I mean, like, it's hard for me, but not so much <laughs> yeah, for you. Like, you know, uh, I mean, I remember I had- You don't need to feel bad about doing bad things to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember, yeah, not that long ago, I got you in that butcher shop choke. Yeah. And I remember after you tapped, I was just like, I'm so sorry, bro. Yeah. Like for those who don't know, <laughs> it's essentially a shin to the throat choke. It's not a very friendly choke. Yeah. But it's the sort of one that with our relationship I knew you'd be fine with, but yeah, I still yeah. felt bad when yeah. you tapped. I was like, bro, I think I apologized like 10 times. I was like, I'm so sorry. I'm, I just had to, <laughs> but I'm so sorry. I've been bro. working on like neon belly pressure at the moment, right in the sternum, because previously it hasn't been very good. And whenever I like 
make someone tap from it, I feel real bad. Yeah. <laughs> well, they should feel bad for from tapping from it. You know, it's like, like oh, the butcher sorry, shop's man. an actual submission. That's not a submission. Knee to solar plexus is not a submission. Yeah. They should feel bad about tapping. But when you hold them there and you're heavier or like not even heavier, but you just, you got it real deep yeah, and they can't get out. Still, yeah. But, yeah. I like that you're working on your knee on belly discomfort. Yeah, I'm just like, sorry, man. Yeah. <laughs> Smashing the white. Oh, note. that reminds me. Stop turning up to the kids class and fucking do a knee on yeah. belly the kids <laughs> they need to learn they need to learn young yeah learn but, early on the boss the big dog but please guys be more be more aggressive be more intense and you can do it without without like i said the negative connotations of the word mm. so so many examples we spoke about today you know and for for any of my students listening yeah the perfect example is man roll with jonas like, how would you describe his guard? Aggressive. Mm. How would you describe Jonas? Fucking nicest dude in the gym. Yeah, you chill. know, You know, he's super <laughs> <Surfer> chill. <guy. laughs> yeah, looks like a chill surfer dude. Yeah, like, dude. You know, yeah. you don't have to, I don't mean as in the negative yeah, yeah, connotations of the word. 100%. So just to recap, guys, uh, a simple one. Go do it next training session after this. Every 30 seconds or more, uh, just attack submissions, just nonstop attack submissions. Yes, don't be upset that it might result in you feeling like your jiu-jitsu has gone backwards because any new skill you implement usually comes at a, a loss in the beginning, right? But that's one you can implement. You can hold yourself accountable, go, okay, within the first 10 seconds of the roll, I got to attack something, anything right? Whatever it is. You could also implement, okay, for the first 10, 15 seconds, it's a sprint and then I'll settle in, mm. you know, like, uh, look at like when you look at even a marathon race, right? There's usually a little bit of a sprint at the start, mm. right? To it kind of, that's actually a really perfect analogy. God, I haven't dropped, got to up my analogy game here and <laughs> I feel like I'm falling behind, but you know, that's kind of a perfect analogy, right? Like you look at, whether it's a marathon or a, or even a shorter distance race, like an 800 meter or whatever, you know, yeah, there was a little bit of a sprint race, mini race at the start, right? Because that can set your, your track position or it can set the tone or whatever right in the beginning, right? You can't maintain that for the whole 800 meters or you'll collapse, right? So similar sort of thing. Try that. Go, okay, for the first 10, 15 seconds, this is that initial like, okay, the race has started da, 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 and then you settle in, you know? And then there's the specific drill. If anyone is making their own training, training with friends, if you're a coach, try that, right? And you're going to love, love it and hate it. Love, that's, hate it. It's yeah. so, so, so good. I hate it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But there's, there's so many other things you can do, right? There's very similar drills. Yeah. We, we used to time. do, I remember one time leading up to worlds at the end of class for Lange, we all like essentially lined up and just like the Lange himself just got fucking shark tanked, like nonstop 30 second rounds, everyone trying to pass his guard, like just going in and hammering him, hammering him, hammering him. And you know, it was more training for him, but for me, it was also like, I, it was also training as a sin. Okay, well I'm going in for a 30 second round. Let's mm. go like sprint. super yeah. aggressive sprint, you yeah. know? So there's lots of little things you can do, but get aggressive without being angry. Don't be a dick, but yeah. be aggressive. Yeah. I like it. Well, to close out the episode, I want to give a shout out 
to our latest Patreon, Rami. Rami! Rami, legend. Thank you so much for uh, joining the Patreon crew. And if you want to join Rami and others on Patreon, <laughs> you can find our Patreon over at our uh, Instagram bio. I've updated our link tree. So check it out for... Uh, I don't know. It's been updated. It's cool. looks good. If you haven't, <laughs> you haven't checked it out yet, check it out. Kieran's like, I changed the order of the links. It's yeah. really cool. <laughs> no, I changed up the links, uh, made it made it a little bit more clean, a little bit more presentable. So uh, yeah, and you can also submit a question to the show. Our next Q&A. Holy shit. We're episode 90, episode 93. It's episode 100 coming up, which we may we're do a We're wearing mankinis episode. We're, we're doing 100. something special for 100. We're not sure yet, but uh, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll be surprised. But yeah. Wait for episode 100 yep. and uh, submit a question to the show over at our Instagram, which if you just type in Beyond Jiu-Jitsu Podcast, you'll find it on Instagram. Sure will, guys. Uh, thanks so much we for sure listening. Will. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, any questions, shoot them through. Otherwise, apologies again for no episodes last week. Kieran's fault. We're coming in hot. Yeah. Until next time. <laughs>